0: We don't smite anymore like we should. Oh, we need to, yeah. Now, technically, is smiting the old school, you know, you grab by the hair and or is smiting any? It's generally like a,
1: the wrath from on high atop the thing from whatever,
0: you know. Well, I know in battles, the victorious king did yeah. smite so-and-so. Hmm. It meant that the other king had been captured. Right. And you the other can grab them by the hair. Yeah. And execute them that way, either lopping off their head or bashing mm. them or whatever. I'm not sure about that. I don't have a good answer to that. It
2: was like to show I am so much more powerful than you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, cuz one of them was dead. The other one can't be as powerful no. cuz he's dead. <laughs>
0: right. Yes. Hello, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I present no threat to you whatsoever. Please leave my corpse alone.
2: But I'm not dead yet! Church in yes.
0: <laughs> Space!
1: Welcome everybody, this is the newest episode of Church in Space. In 3D! I don't even have to say it anymore, it's great. Welcome folks, so today's hot topic...
2: Is why don't you introduce this one, Drew? My friend Garrett was here. Mm. I was talking about this podcast with him, and he said, what if the Borg are right? As one of the topics. You know, free will and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So what if the
0: Borg are right? Define right. Yeah. Were they right in what aspect? Yes. <laughs> 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 just, just the total,
2: the entire, the, the, the concept of the, it. Yeah. Personally, I feel like it is right, but not the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Like if we could all be one assimilated people, mm-hmm. all share and do good things. I mean, that's kind of what the church is supposed to be—assimilation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not quite in those terms. I like the idea that I'm going to start. It's our new baptism program. (laughs) Just going to start (laughs) assimilation.
1: Submit to assimilation.
0: Submit to your baptisms. Blessed are you, for we have added your distinctiveness to our own. Right. Oh
1: man, it's great. I'm going to have to write the Noah flood prayer in baptism (laughs) as a Borg statement. Oh man, it's going to be great. I'm going to get excommunicated so quickly. It's going to yes.
2: We're trying, Pastor. Yeah. I don't think you knew this, but we were in like the first couple of meetings between Dan and I, we were trying to get you excommunicated. It's
0: our ultimate goal of yes. this series. I will totally get
2: defrocked
0: for that. It would be
2: worth it. Spited. Yeah.
0: I am Camfice of Borg.
2: Right. So what do you two think?
0: You're the Borg, right?
2: You know, there's this interesting
1: moment. So this is where DS9 was almost an interesting show.
0: Yeah, he said, knowing I'm a DS9 fan, yeah, but go right. ahead. You know.
2: You're far enough away, I can't punch. And his uh, short arms, or what was the phrase <laughs> that your wife used? That cracked us all up. What is this? Uh, this past Sunday, when uh, the visiting pastor was doing the entire service and was just running through the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> yeah. I liked him a yeah. lot. Yeah. I
0: like Paul a lot. He Even when I went up for the Eucharist, he said, the body of Christ shed for you. And then he went, Dan, <laughs> for you, Dan, yeah. the guilt of the cross is on your shoulders. No, it's supposed to be the
1: relief of the cross. You're supposed to hear the "for you" and be relieved. But of I all. felt so
0: guilty. I felt like I personally—he died for me. Well, he did, mean he did, but that's that. But that's good news. Yeah, <laughs> good news for me. But the rest of you are now doomed. Yeah. <laughs> Only you get grace, Dan. No one else yeah, yeah, yeah. does it. Like, Nobody else gets it. Everybody else, we're sold out of grace. No, he's making
2: the sermon and mm-hmm. Drew turns around. Right at the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And like I forgot to hit the next uh-huh. button to go for Lamb of God because Dan and I, as soon as it was done, it's Shatner. It's Shatner. <laughs> it's Shatner. <laughs> he was doing
0: the Lord's Prayer in a complete William Shatner phrasing. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Good. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And there was other times where he just Our Father Who?
0: Or name? The kingdom
2: come. They will be done on earth it isn't happening. Like, it really was that yeah. way. It made it fun. We're not giving suggestions of how to change it up, Pastor. Yeah. But...
0: When you're gone, we want Paul back.
2: Okay, you want Paul back yeah. to do it. Or for you to start bringing in a little bit of Shatner in there. Just, yeah. do Just to keep it on, keep us William, on our tones.
1: William Shatner sermon. Yeah. <laughs> sermon you you
2: can, like, crawl across the stage
0: going, must attain salvation. <laughs> sermon on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that I hear? Excommunication looming. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what we
1: really need now is somebody on the uh, on the stage next to the altar to have like the blue glowy thing that Spock looks into. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Pastor, we have communion approaching.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like there should be a Riker while you're doing the sermons. Mm-hmm. There's a Riker standing right next to you. I don't think I I have the full beard enough to do it, but <laughs> yeah, and it's got to be bearded Riker. Yeah, like
1: yeah, clean-shaven Riker is, an, is a travesty.
0: Yeah. yeah, he looks twelve for one thing. Yeah. It's I mean.
1: amazing how much like that beard literally changes his character. Mm-hmm. His writing doesn't change, but yeah. like something about like that just adding that beard
2: makes him like an acceptable character. What movie know? was it that they shaved it off? Insurrection. Insurrection. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was just weird well right. the, the entire scene was weird but it's just like why right it's like why was that one of the ones that he wrote and directed yes okay
1: i think it was actually
2: it's something it had something to do with because that
1: planet and insurrection was causing them all to be youthful again yeah you yeah. know and so it's something about they're getting a bit randy right they were all becoming teenagers again basically
0: as their hormones surge right mm. but before that had come first contact which featured the borg Right. Back yes. to our topic.
2: Are the Borg right? Yes. Transitioning from Shatner to, yeah. to yeah. the Sermon on the Bridge to if the Borg are right so right. we can get x right. I don't know
0: if we've ever fully explored any topic that we started the, the show no, saying. No, we no, no, no.
1: Okay, so DS9 was almost an interesting show. That's where we left off. Its most <laughs> almost interesting moment was when they were talking to the Maquis. And the Maquis said something like, you Federation folks, you think you're better than the Borg. But the Maquis... Guys, paint this picture of the Federation assimilates in almost the same way the Borg do, and that the Federation just can't handle the Maquis. They can't handle the idea that somebody would leave.
0: That's discovery. There's a Voyager aspect. Mm -hmm. Voyager explored the Maquis deeply. Mm -hmm. But discovery, you're right. One thing that happens is something will just say something in the further Mm -hmm. future that wipes out warp drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Federation membership is vastly reduced by the time Discovery gets there, gets Mm -hmm. back to the Federation. Mm -hmm. And that's where they explore it, because as they're trying to piece together Mm -hmm. the Federation again, some of the planets that they're revisiting are like, Like are you serious? Yeah, Yeah. even the Vulcans and Romulans.
2: The Vulcans and the Romulans, who finally got to be one planet Mm again— Assimilated each other. They're like, yeah, you were very much like the board. You assimilated everybody, and then you got rid of all these problems. But then, when you were gone, everything else came up, right? Because without you controlling yeah. everything,
0: yeah, right, at all, there was nothing to stop the problems from reemerging, right? Yeah,
2: because at the negotiating table, said that very specifically, yeah. Yeah. about because of the Federation yeah. leaving everything. I can see why you yeah. would
1: build, I haven't watched Discovery yet, but I can see why you would build a show off that premise because again, mm. I, that was one of the more interesting points of DS9. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like that interaction with people that don't want to be a part of this. You know, and you're yeah. kind of on the frontier of the
0: Federation. Mm. Even the old show kind of hints at it. You know, we have things like Harry Mudd yeah, when Harry Mudd goes off to justify what he does right. in both episodes, I uh, Mudd and Mudd's Women, right. there is that hint of the undercurrent, right, of the Federation. You know, mm-hmm. on the surface, the wonderful Roddenberry dream, mm-hmm. but underneath, you still have oh, the Orions, yeah, and the Orion Syndicate, <laughs> right. So even in the old show, they they already are kind of setting the stage. that, mm-hmm. yeah. But the Federation, even in the future, the Federation's still this work in progress. Right. You yeah. Know?
1: Well, not even beyond like work in progress, but like that there's this descent to its vision.
2: Far point with Q. Yeah. yeah. Like he's putting humanity on trial when it really should have been the Federation because right. throughout the existence of the Federation, when war happens, they completely ignore. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> I have this whole thing on how
1: the Federation, like Starfleet as a navy, is like the most inept navy. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. an awful navy. Okay, navies exist for a purpose. Yeah. They exist to destroy things and to mm-hmm. defend things. And like Starfleet then comes along and is like, well, let's put all these science labs on all our. Big blowy yeah. up ships, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like no, like you know, we don't send aircraft carriers out to explore things. Like, they sit in harbor until we got to attack somebody. You know, <laughs> why not? That would be awesome.
2: <laughs> in the Pacific Ocean, there's a giant aircraft carrier with just science vessels on it, just right. like drones, just yeah, yeah, like, like surveying the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> but that would be awesome. Like, I'm not saying let's do that, Navy. Yeah. But also, like Starfleet is very much like Zap Brannigan. And, um, and dupe, (laughs) yeah, like it raises a very good question. What do they do? Just shove a bunch of ships at all the problems. Not really
1: (laughs) well, when none of your vessels are purpose built for war, Mm -hmm. that's what you gotta do, except Except for for one, except for one, right? But, like, but that's what you gotta do then, is you gotta make up for it and. Quantity, right? You know, like an actual clean on warship mm-hmm. can probably take on like four Federation vessels yep. because it's purpose built to attack things, right? That's why all these navies are so much smaller but challenge the Federation, is simply because. And you see that in that first encounter with a Jem'Hadar ship, it torches that galaxy class ship like in about yep. 10 seconds, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay,
0: yeah, that would happen. Yeah, <laughs> star fleet ships are designed yeah. more for defense, if anything, yeah. right. the, the weaponry, how it works, how long it takes phasers to charge up, you know, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. blah. Right. And they never know what to do with kamikaze style aliens,
1: right. yes. you
0: know, who right. are willing to just, I'm willing to destroy my ship, right. even in the old show, right? Yeah. The first time that we, we really see Andorians. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Enterprise is being attacked. Mm-hmm. Journey to Babel is the episode. Mm-hmm. And they're being attacked mm-hmm. by this ship that has basically a suicide pilot on it. Mm-hmm. That's the first time they've encountered that. They're like, what do, what do we do? This guy's willing to like, die and destroy his entire ship right. to destroy yes. us. We aren't going to do that. So how do we defend ourselves?
2: I mean, coming back to the original topic with Mm -hmm. the Borg. Well, that's another one, right? When they
0: meet the Borg. Was it Wolf Run something? Yeah, Wolf Wolf
1: 359. 359, okay. Like 300 ships are destroyed, you know? Yeah. But they would be because none of them are purpose built for combat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if I would say the Borg are right. You know, but, like, I think the idea of, like, the individuality on the frontier mm-hmm. versus, like, the Borg oneness, and that's the the individual wanting to go out and conquer space all on its own, mm-hmm. you know, on their own,
0: versus the Borgs, like, we'll just do it as a whole collective. Yeah. Mm. And then the key here is the hive mind. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's where we get to the difference of what, Drew, you had started to say about mm-hmm. early Christianity and that mm-hmm. it's supposed to be— kind of right. an assimilation, but it's a friendly assimilation. And the difference is there's a hive mind with the Yeah, Borg. like the yes.
1: pure surrender of individuality, I think, isn't actually... I'm not asking converts to surrender their individualness. And it's not being just absorbed, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, into
0: the whole... Well, and they're voluntary converts, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas with the Borg, it's forced.
1: Not to use modern language, but like consent matters here, right? right. You know, like there's a difference between like... The Borg beaming down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. we're still wrestling with this, right? Because there are so many different types of assimilation, mm-hmm. right? cultural pressures. Look mm-hmm. what's going on now. You know, with the divisiveness of American politics, mm-hmm. where you've got the point that no. you have to believe like exactly like we do, mm-hmm. or you're the other. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I you see it on all sides Both, really yeah. now. If you're not believing exactly the way Group X wants you to believe. Mm-hmm conservative or liberal, democrat, republican, independent or whatever, mm-hmm. you're ostracized from that community. There's always this tension
1: because like human beings are made for community. Yeah. You know, like we're not actually made to be just pure individuals. There's this thing where we are built for community, we are built for to be part of a larger whole, mm-hmm. you know. And yet, it's not just mind control, you know, or at least it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be.
0: I take it to the extreme look at cults like that one mm-hmm. in California. Right. where they decided the cult leader decided the ship with the aliens was there ready to harvest their souls for their mm-hmm. new life. Mm. So they all commit mass suicide. Yeah. And, you know, I mean that's a huge amount of control because it's violating every biological instinct that you have.
1: Right. There's this challenge between I guess I would say Arthur Borg right. They are not right in that there's the issue of consent, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that objectively is the blowing up whole civilizations that refused, yeah, that's wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but where they are hitting on something is the need to be in community, you know the need to be in something larger than yourself
2: mm-hmm. and working together, right, and working yeah. together, yeah.
1: and Voyager does that well with a lot of like sevens struggles. Mm-hmm. What does it mean now to work together for something whole in the non-assimilated
0: collective sense? And this is what I appreciate about Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Because they took two sides on that. Look at Mm -hmm. the difference between Seven's struggle Mm -hmm. and Hugh's. Yeah. You know? And and we revisit Hugh and Picard. Mm -hmm. And Seven and Nine. Yeah. Yeah. And so we see the completion of both of their journeys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... For both of them, it's a very different experience to suddenly have freedom of thought and action. Mm. Right. They react to it in different ways. And again, that gets to the heart of the mm. board and how subjective it is. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it is more comfortable mm. yeah. not to think, not yeah. to be independent, just do total radical 100% conformity. Mm-hmm. Whereas for other people, when they taste having freedom, mm-hmm. having independent thought, that's what they desire and want. Right, And I see a lot of parallels in society because, again, there are some groups that want you to conform completely mm-hmm. and other groups that are like, no, every individual has their own right yeah. to exist as an individual regardless of
2: community. Mm-hmm. I just had this thought because we're talking about Hugh and the Borg about slavery mm-hmm. and the assimilation that is involved with slavery. I mean, look at what happened before the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Americans assimilated slaves Mm -hmm. without their consent. You know, they Mm said, oh, this is all for the greater good. That's what happened in America. And the evil of it is around the the violence and the force of it, that you don't treat human
0: beings that way. And I must add the permanency. Yeah. Because the way America did slavery was so different from how slavery had been done before. Yeah. In a sense, and this is a blanket, but Mm -hmm. it was much more common to have term limits. To slavery, like even in the Bible, you know it was what seven years. Yeah, that's what the right every seven years. The right, that's it. Yeah, yeah. After seven years, you're not going to be a slave. Mm -hmm. But with Americans, it was forced. Mm -hmm. It was lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, functionally eternal because then your kids were born into slavery and we're going to stay slaves. Yeah. And how your slavery was was Mm -hmm. totally at the whim of who owned you. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you could have someone who treated you half decently, and you can also have someone who treated you absolutely brutally. Mm-hmm. so inhumanely yeah. Yeah. just on that front mm-hmm. American slavery was so much worse yeah yeah so are the right I think it really depends on where you come from you know do you believe in conformity mm-hmm. or do you believe in independence as mm-hmm. opposed to independent thought independent yeah. thinking versus conformity but on the religious note Mm-hmm. The whole concept of free will, mm-hmm. and really, do we have it? There, there are a lot of ways, and this is where my heretical part comes in. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ways where the Bible is contradictory. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, whether or not you really have free will, or you have it, but you're really not free to exercise it. Yeah, that
1: is the the standard Lutheran answer to it. Is that if you do have it, you're not actually free to exercise it because your own will is so bound, you will inevitably choose the wrong thing. Luther writes a whole book called The Bondage of the Will. His basic point is that, yes, you technically have the power to choose, like, he says, house, spouse, vocation. But your will itself is so bound to sin that it will inevitably always choose sin left to its own devices. Will you have it? Sort of, but you'll always choose the wrong thing. (laughs) You know, so like how free really is it?
0: Isn't like the whole Eden story, ultimately about that, when Adam and Eve did not think independently, when they were ignorant, yeah. then they were in paradise. It was heavenly. Right. But as right. soon as they gained knowledge, their ignorance mm-hmm. went away, and they understood the difference between good and evil, mm-hmm. then they had free will, and so they got bumped out of the garden. Is it knowledge
2: or perception? Oh, now you're getting to the very deep. Because they perceived it differently. It wasn't just like they had the knowledge there, because knowledge indicates Mm -hmm. more of learning, but more of their perception changed of how they were with the world. Yeah.
0: It's almost like the entire Garden of Eden story is saying ignorance of the law is an excuse. Mm -hmm. Because as long as they were ignorant... says that
1: in Romans, actually, in in some ways that... Paul points out in Romans that the law has this function of by telling you not to do something, you instantly think about doing it. Again, how sin works in the world is that it it creates this perverse effect that by actually telling you not to do something, your desire becomes to do it. Yeah, you know.
2: So sin is always in a quantum state of by observing it, you actually commit it.
1: Yeah, right. Almost, you know, by by creating the rule about it, you've you've automatically created the situation in which it will be broken. You know,
0: the Heisenberg principle of free will. I right. like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the the Garden of Eden, the. I kind of take Bonhoeffer's take on this, which is that the the problem with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is that that's actually a power only God has. You know, Bonhoeffer spends a lot of time in ethics talking about that God actually is the only one who can delineate right from wrong. You know, because it's a it's a power that you need God's vision on. You know, you need God's eternals God's sense of eternity to like truly judge right or wrong, yeah. and that. You know, the the pitch the snake makes to humans is that you'll be like God, you know, but the devil's always a liar. And so they don't end up being like God. They get this incomplete knowledge of good and evil, which is all our knowledge of good and evil ever is. It's very incomplete. And that's our central sin is we want to be like God. We want to have this knowledge of good and evil that God has, but only God gets that, you know, because God's the only one who sits in eternity it has the ultimate big picture. Yeah, has the yeah. ultimate big picture, if you will, right. Where Bonhoeffer goes with that is Bonhoeffer says, the ethical question is never what's right or wrong, but what's the will of God for you in this mm-hmm. moment? You'll drive yourself insane by thinking, am I right or wrong in this moment? Yeah. You know, because Bonhoeffer says, there's often no answer to that question this is a struggle with killing Hitler, with trying to kill Hitler, right? Is like, am I right or wrong? You know, Bonhoeffer's like, oh, I drive myself insane trying to answer that question
0: because I'm a committed pacifist,
1: but Hitler's evil.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm.
0: like... There have been a number, obviously, of, mm-hmm. of great sci-fi books delving into what would happen if Hitler had been killed. Somehow. Right. Most of them end up with things actually, mm-hmm. believe yep. it or not, turn out worse. Right,
1: they can be worse. And, and so right or wrong is God's knowledge that we try and usurp, but we never have the vision for it.
2: Yeah. So we've come to the conclusion the Borg are right from a certain point of view. We add another Mm -hmm. layer onto this, though, Mm. and that is of continued torture. Kind of makes it more like
0: American slavery. In that, when people who had not been Borg, but, you know, got converted as adults, Mm -hmm. when they are rescued, like Picard, Mm -hmm. they all say what made it particularly painful Mm -hmm. and torturous was the fact they still had their consciousness. Yeah. And so their mind is screaming in agony that Mm -hmm. I can't control what my body is doing and saying. Right. Again, it's the consent thing. Yeah. Like you're dominated, but they're aware. Yeah. They're aware of all this wrongness about them. Now that is a deep obsession. I think with where we are as humanity now, because we're continuing that. Black Widow, the recent movie. Yeah, I saw it recently. Yeah. Hey, think about it. what's the whole central core of that plot right. is that, you know, the Russians have this mind control system down right. Excuse me, down pat. Yeah. And it's the same thing. <laughs> In the back of their minds, they know who they are. Right. And they don't want to be doing I what don't want to be doing they are anything. now programmed to do. Right. They can't stop themselves. Yeah. Here's the bigger question then. Beyond are the Borg, right? Mhm. What does that say about Western society that 20, 30 years we've been struggling with that issue, the will to be dominated? yeah, ultimately, yeah. are the board right? Mm-hmm. yeah what does that what are we What are we wrestling with as a society that we keep coming back to that question for two <laughs> generations now? Mhm, I see
2: what you did there yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a
0: theologian named Jackie Lowell.
1: Who's a French theologian or was a French theologian? He wrote a book called The Technological Society. He comes up with this term called technique. I would call it almost the algum, turning everything into an algorithm, mm-hmm. you know? And his point is that we've done this really unnatural thing where we don't have new discovery. We just try and make everything incrementally better. But in doing that, we grant everything incrementally more control. And I would almost say that I think we're actually wrestling with a, an almost jack o mm-hmm. rebellion against the technique. In that same time frame, like, all our lives are dominated by incremental measures of control. I love that, that Amazon can recommend for me my recommended books. and That yeah. list is actually a pretty good list, you know. But it's mm-hmm. also terrifying, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. like, they've... They've gotten me personalized down to that level yeah. that they can do that. And and like we live in this world that's dominated by just that times a million. And so we're kind of afraid that I, – I think it's the subconscious fear that we're turning into that, that our prosperity is almost assimilating us. Hmm. You know? There is no escape from it anymore, right? Like, before in American history, if you didn't like it, you could go out to the frontier, right? You know, go west, young man, yeah. But there, and you could be on, you could be truly away from that.
2: But eventually, it will be space.
1: Uh, well, we hope so, right? But that's been delayed, and like, I hope
2: so. But even then, it's Elon Musk's
1: Mars, you know, now, yeah, <laughs> so, right? Or we
2: just all go to the bottom of the sea, right? There we go, sea Bikini Kong, bottom. Right. Sea colony. C, <laughs> the key. C.
0: Why, is. Why, Drew? Why? <laughs>
2: it's not the worst idea in the world. Let's be real. And if the top is burning, you why know, don't we just another, like dig down? Another topic for another day is
1: how SpongeBob Skirt Pants was the most unironically best
2: social commentary of the last <laughs> twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like you can do an entire book and like college series on that topic, yeah, and make so much no, money absolutely. that we shouldn't do it here. We yeah. should do it somewhere else and right. make a lot more money
0: off yeah. it. I had a roommate who was Squidward. I mean, in every every aspect.
1: I mean, all those characters are archetypes of like people you actually know. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like I mean,
0: like the kind of
1: ham-fisted evil guy in Plankton. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know that person. Like you know the. The, the the foolish neighbor you know and Patrick <laughs> the you, mm-hmm. you know I mean the best the best gag in that show is where the uh, the pow- the superpowers are actually in the suits they're not in the people <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that's the best gag of that old show all right let's move on to our game shall we okay cool uh, well, well did we
2: settle it are the board right I don't know I don't think we we never settle anything I, I, on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay we, we have sometimes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we have, a, on a few occasions, have settled things. It's rare. It's rare. I had but... a, I had a friend in
1: college who, uh, there used to be this room in college, it was the emeritus prof room, and it was really just this room for all the retired theology profs to sit in, and, uh-huh. and it was kind of in this hallway where you could see them talking, and they had a coffee pot in there, and they would just, you know, talk, and we were walking by, and they were having some theology debate, and... My friend was like, Hold on. <laughs> like, I wanna go see what they were you know, what their answer to that debate was. And I was like, Okay, so I'm I'll meet you in class. And so we're sitting down and he my friend kind of walks in and he looks kind of dazed. And I was like, What happened? And he goes, I don't know. I walked in and I, I I nicely introduced myself and then said, You know, I heard your discussion and I and I just wanted to see what the conclusion to that debate was and 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 they said they just looked at me and went Young man, one, it's none of your business. <laughs> Two, there's never a conclusion to any of our discussions, <laughs> <laughs> so we it's, should change this well, to the emeritus. Yeah, podcast, right. The right.
2: emeritus, right. The emeritus. <laughs> I mean, the only conclusions we come up with our games. Yeah, so, right. That's that the games, only time we true. conclude anything. Right.
0: I guess in synopsis, then are the board right? We don't know, because like all good sci-fi, the question of whether the Borg are right is a reflection of something we are still debating in society.
1: Amen to that. That's a good Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) And the debate continues. Uh, So our game for today. Which other science fiction
2: property could defeat the Borg? I feel like the Daleks or the Cybermen could do it. Okay. The assimilation part specifically with the Cybermen. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the Daleks are just so evil yeah, and could actually destroy mm-hmm. the Borg, I feel like they would be able to, but mm-hmm. the Cybermen would be able to help because they can assimilate everybody. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Dan?
0: The Cybermen were the Borg before the Borg were Borg, mm-hmm. you know, before Trek. Mm-hmm. But part of the difference is Cybermen are more adaptable. So I think you're mm-hmm. right. They can assimilate but there's an element of human innovation that they've retained. You know, Mm -hmm. if if you really look into the canon of the Doctor, the key element to the Cybermen is the suppression of emotion. You know, they have that emotion suppression chip. Mm -hmm. And when the Doctor is able to disable that, everything cascades back
2: Mm -hmm. for the
0: people who've been assimilated by the Cybermen. Whereas the Borg are like this just complete, it's the hive mind. So Mm -hmm. if... Alice Krieg makes the wrong decision as the Borg queen, mm-hmm. then the entire Borg species is kind of... I always interpreted her as a manifestation of the collective, mm-hmm. not the boss of the collective. Yeah, except there's that whole element with her of the sensuality. Yeah. Whether she's an avatar, an incarnation or not, yeah. she is more independent than the drones. That is true, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, yes. And I think there's a lot of that element with the Cybermen. Yeah. They all work toward that common good. They mm-hmm. all have their programming. They know what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But when push comes to shove, there's also still that element of human innovation in who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the same level, the Time Lords, conceivably.
2: No. You don't think so? I feel like it would only take one Time Lord to be assimilated, and then everyone else would be gone. The Daleks, I feel mm. like if the Daleks got mm. one Dalek assimilated, it wouldn't necessarily change everything mm-hmm. for the Borg. Yeah. And the same thing with the Cybermen. But you assimilate a Time Lord. One would...
1: accidental assimilation. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah.
2: yeah. a good point.
0: Yeah. yeah. That makes it tough. mm mm-hmm. because you know, a lot of the others were still pretty limited. Yeah. I would have to default mm. Star Wars, the Empire, in that, you know, the Death Star is a small moon. It would miss. (laughs) It would miss.
2: Could the Death Star rotate fast enough to like... (laughs) The Empire and and not the Rebels, because the Rebels couldn't do it. No, the Rebels absolutely are out. No, yes. If it's going to happen,
0: it's going to be the Empire, but they'd need a fleet of Death Stars to pull it off, for one thing. Empire or the droid army? Ah. Well, and given the machinations of Palpatine... Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the droid army is the empire, right?
2: Stormtroopers, droids. Who wins against the Borg? Droids or the Empire?
0: Proper droids. Proper droids. Proper, Proper, droids. Droids.
2: Proper droids. Clone Wars droids, where they have the droids that actually have the algorithms and can think for themselves, right. and not yeah. the like the Episode Two and Three, which are the dumbest things ever. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. But like right, yeah. Clone Wars yeah. Yeah, droid the clone, army,
1: the Clone Wars droid army versus give the, Borg the for Empire. Yeah. yeah, they can give and, the Borg the run for the money,
2: and the. the Jedi are out. But Jedi force-wielding Borg would be the most terrifying <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, An assimilated that
1: would, Jedi. Yes, that, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most terrifying thing in the universe. But that's why the Time Lords can't beat them.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's why the Jedi can't beat them. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Because yeah. they are so powerful as themselves, mm-hmm. they cannot destroy it because all it takes is one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's probably all true. Right. Right. Maybe the Mandalorians. Mandalorians, droids, Empire. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: you're right. I mean, if the Borg assimilated a Jedi, I mean, right away they'd figure out how to clone midichlorians mm-hmm. and get them injected into every single Still Borg drone. drone. Oh, man.
2: Ooh, a hive of of Jedi and a hive of Time Lords. A Borg Ooh. Yoda. We need fan <laughs> art. <laughs> you know, and assimilated and if, if that happened, right, and here's
0: ultimately, then, would the Borg... Self collapse because if you had a hive of Borg Time mm-hmm. Lords uh-huh. and a hive of Borg Jedi, uh-huh.
2: ultimately would there
0: not be Borg Civil War?
2: Also, this if you have the entire knowledge of the universe and there are no other distinctiveness, do you still assimilate?
0: That's a good point. I have wondered about that.
2: With so much machine culture integrated into Borg, mm-hmm.
0: at what point do they determine it's illogical to continue? What's the point of existing?
2: Isn't that when they start going back in time? And using the tunnels. I mean, wasn't that the theory behind the
1: the species in Voyager. Yeah, the species,
2: whatever, from like fluidic
1: space or whatever it was. That yeah, that they were like trying to like do the next level thing, you -hmm. know. And yeah, I mean, there's a question of like when it when would enough be enough, you know? And yeah, uh, my cynical, sinful side would say like that's the point of them is that they never reach that like. They never actually would reach that
0: moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like the emissaries in Childhood's mm-hmm. End. Yeah. You know, a species that can't evolve any higher. Well, so
1: Right. Yeah, they never would. All right, so my answer is the Empire of Man from Warhammer 40K. Oh! Yeah. Hmm. I okay. think. And it's, it's a sheer attrition thing, uh-huh. you know, in that the Empire is willing to sacrifice to sacrifice whole planets you know borg try to assimilate a planet that's fine empire just nukes it from orbit just moves on plus i think space marines would be like biologically resistant because they're yeah. like all genetically engineered right yeah. there and so they'd be genetically resistant to assimilation
0: history says you're right they would just throw
1: trillions of lives at yeah. the borg you know
0: I mean, that's how grant won the civil war right he was right. willing to sacrifice right. so many union troops right this is the resource I have, people's lives, and I'm going to
2: throw them at you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was also thinking like Master Chief versus the Borg would be awesome.
1: He oh, would Master Chief. He yes. would win because, out of like, yeah. But yeah. just because that's what Master Chief does. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. It's <laughs>
2: intrinsic to like yes. his Master Chiefness. <laughs> yeah, his... but And then Cortana becomes the queen.
1: Yeah, but she like goes insane by the end of the series, you
2: know, like. We had a conclusion and then we went away from it with uh, Pastors. Uh, Clone Wars, Droid Army. yeah. Uh. Empire. The Empire. Right. I think we got three solid answers, you
1: know. Yeah. The, the, Mandalorian uh, and then... I think Saturn. the Empire and the Empire of Man would win for the same reason that it's like, it's sheer attrition. Yeah. You know, like it's... They've got like, what, 30,000 Star Destroyers? Just at some point you're throwing like raw numbers yeah. at mm-hmm.
2: them. and It's Zap Brannigan's number one strategy. Yeah. Like it's like Zergling Rush but with Star Destroyers. Yep. You know, yeah. like
1: on that note, this has been Church in Space.
0: In
2: 3D!
1: See you next time, folks.
0: Hey,
2: Dan. Mm -hmm. Did you bring the chips? The emotion chips?
0: I don't know! And quit harassing me about emotional chips! I've got them somewhere, and they'll be implanted at some point!
2: (sighs) Oh, I was talking about, like, chips for, like, (laughs) snacks. Oh, no, I forgot them. I'll bring them next week. Okay, I have the salsa, so... Goodbye, folks.